We gotta find out what happened during Danny's trip to Sweden. Must talk about what could be an MVP matchup in the finals. Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid. But we gotta start with big time game number sixes. New York Knicks, Miami Heat, Los Angeles Lakers, Golden State Warriors. Welcome into another episode of Inside the Green Room with Danny Green. I'm Harrison Sanford. So much to get into. It is the best time of the year, my friend. The only thing that I don't like about what's going on right now is that I'm not watching you play in it, which is a rarity in life. I, I would have to agree, my man, even though I'm trying to stay away from those words. It's one of my on-TV talk uh, criticisms um, to not agree with you as much or not say that, but I mean, I would rather be playing for sure. It'd be a lot of fun. Um, but I had a good year. I'm going to thank both organizations, Memphis and Cleveland, for having me, um, you know, taking care of the knee. I have some good miles under me still for the next couple of years to come. Um, so we'll see where I land this summer. But the playoffs is a fun one. This one being more interesting than most because it's similar to March Madness where it's becoming very unpredictable. And I think because the West has so many different teams that have dropped to 7-6, um, it was the first year I think they had all, I guess, all rankings in the playoffs, one through eight in this round. Um, but because the West is so scattered around with injuries and, and teams, you know, falling where they may, it makes it that interesting. And even in the East, you know, with Milwaukee dropping out in the first round. So uh, we got, you know, Miami Heat and uh, New York Knicks. And then we got Philly and Boston. What do you see has to happen for your Knicks to win, bro? Oh yeah, we we'll, we'll 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 get to my Knicks in a little bit. Let's. I want to get to the the marquee of all the marquees. Okay, LeBron the big the big, the is, big game. Come on now, yeah. LeBron and LeBron is Steph. That's. I figured we started from the bottom first and then work our way up. No, let's go ahead. We no, start from the we go, no, we go. No, we go for yeah. We'll go to the top billing. All right. So let, 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 you've been watching these games. Uh, obviously Golden State trying to pull off a three-one comeback. Obviously the Lakers are trying to end this one and move on to the next round. Let's start with your former team first. How do the Lakers move on to the Western Conference Finals? They stay healthy. You know, they have AD. I don't know what his condition is or what the end conclusion is of the hit to the face today. Um, you know, he might have concussion-like symptoms. We don't know if it will be a concussion until tomorrow. I think after 24 hours, they can uh, give a different type of conclusion or uh, analysis of what the injury is. Um, I'm assuming he'll be okay and be playing game six. But, you know, they they stuck with the game most of the game. They were within it and within striking distance most of the game. They played hard. Um, I, I expected Golden State to survive this game, especially being at home. They play so well at home. Um, but the Lakers have to just continue to, to ride, you know, that wave uh, of having AD set the tone with the, the paint presence. And that's blocking shots, rebounding, um, being as active as he was, and offensively being a force, getting Draymond and Kevin Looney in foul trouble. And then the others stepping up like they have been, whether it's Austin Reeves, whether it's Lonnie Walker, um, D'Angelo Russell, Rui Hachimura, like those guys have to continue doing what they do. And of course, Brown is going to do what he does. Um, so if they want to win, they have to make sure AD is healthy and that they continue to have that forceful AD that, that we've seen in the past. Yeah. And so, you know, we'll see how AD responds over the course of time. He's actually going against the grain from what is, uh, History has been so far in the playoffs in terms of having a good game and then a bad game. He's really had uh, three straight games now where he's really made an impact on both sides of the ball. He's hearing, he's hearing what we're saying. He's being more consistent for sure. He's definitely hearing what the media's saying. He's coming in a mental note of that, so he's being more consistent. But, yeah, let's go down to the – what do you got the team moving up now? Yeah. 
So let's talk about the team that you're used to seeing in the playoffs, the Golden State Warriors. How do they get it done? Continue doing what they did tonight and what they did in game two. They have to continue their pace. And I think, you know, they did a good job of keeping AD away from the basket without using as many pick and rolls. I think the pick and roll game kind of slowed them down and took Clay out of rhythm. The fact that they started off early trying to get Clay some easy shots or some early shots, keep him in rhythm, playing Jordan Poole, keep, you know, help them find a rhythm will help them for this game coming up on the road because I think they're going to need them confident and those guys to score in order to beat the Lakers. But they have to continue to have Draymond push the pace and him be more of a point guard. Um, obviously, Steph played a great four game early on. He didn't look to be as aggressive for his scoring himself, but to get other guys involved and use himself as a decoy. Um, so if he's aggressive, he's going to shoot better than he did tonight, I think. He, he played a great game. Let me wrong. Um, but I think from three, he missed them early on. He didn't get, you know, he got a couple at the basket, but I think he missed them from the perimeter. Um, so if he gets going, but he gets those other guys going and keep their transition, their pace, and not allow AD to set in a half-court set defense and keep him away from the room as much as possible without doing as many pick and rolls, they have a really good shot. You know, we know that they're defending champions for a reason because, you know, got back to their identity of who they were instead of adjusting to what other teams are doing. Mm. Yeah, I guess. I, well, a, a presence like AD makes you do things like that. It, it will. The one encouraging thing for them, uh, I think relatively tonight, at least they did get something from Jordan Poole. He at least did score over 10 points, which is the first time he's done that since game number one. Uh, I'd imagine he's going to have to have uh, at least another double-digit scoring performance uh, for the for the Golden State Warriors to move on. For sure. You need at least 15 from him, 15-20. You need at least 15-20 from him. Um, but yeah, man, I, I didn't know that the first time since game one. I mean, last game, he didn't get much of a, a chance. He was on a short lease. 10 minutes is not enough. I don't care for what person is off, any shooter. You have to let him test the water and the temperature a little bit. And he wasn't able to do that last game, I think, tonight. Hopefully build him some confidence and a little bit of rhythm. And, you know, we're going to see a tough, very tough game six coming up in the crypto you know, arena. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't really, I'm not really rooting for any team, but I think mm -hmm. I say for everybody, we, we want a game seven. Come on now. Like LeBron, Curry. Everybody wants a game seven. I think we're rooting for the game seven in any series. But especially this one. Now, there's certain series you like, you want to move on to the next one, but this one. This one right here, I think we, I think we all deserve it as basketball fans. It'll be a good, it'll be a good one. Yeah, it would, it would, it, even though I don't give the Lakers any chance of winning a, a potential game seven at Chase Center. That's you know, that's <laughs> a, that's a story for another day. It'll be tough. I just don't see, I don't see AD and Braun losing three straight. AD having bad games three times. He had a good game today, but it wasn't a great one. But I can't see him not carrying them to a win three games in a row. Yeah. Yep, and and if they do that, they'll be uh, t and if they do that, they'll more than likely, in my opinion, take on uh, the Denver Nuggets. And we'll get to Nikola Jokic uh, and a potential NBA Finals matchup with Joel Embiid uh, later on in the show. But let's talk about another matchup going down Friday night, Game Six. And I I I don't not to shade any potential sponsor, but I don't know the name of the new arena there in Miami. They had to switch it up from the from the crypto company. Now it's like the Casayas, the the Casayas Center. I don't, I don't know. I'm a Knicks fan. I know. I know about Madison Square Garden. <laughs> we know about the Garden, but the damn there was a Smash Bros Center at one point. We just don't know who was going to sponsor, but they changed it a couple times. It's hard to keep up, but um, I guess we'll look it up and find out. Somebody, I'm sure, listening to the podcast, hopefully the Miami fan will correct us. See, so yeah, somebody will, will will let us know. Um, 
I must say, uh, this guy, Eric Spolstra and the Miami Heat, they they have gotten on my nerves as a Knicks fan because as a Knicks fan because they figured it out. <laughs> they've been balling. They've been hooping. Before tonight's game, I think they had six guys averaging eleven points a game or something like that. Over eleven points a game. They're 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 showing the Knicks how to operate at at a different level than what the Knicks are than the, what the Knicks are showing right now, and that is with not as much individual talent. Um, and they're doing the things that most Knicks fans would be happy to see: second chance points, uh, being gritty, not making bad decisions with the ball, like all of the just the. They got a lot. Of- they got a lot of high IQ players, a lot of vets there know what they're doing, and they're they're playing, you know, simple, easy. They're playing a system, good basketball. They find each other and move it. They happen to miss shots tonight, and you guys made some. So that was, a, that was a good thing for y'all, but I don't see that happening again in game six for the Miami Heat. I don't see them shooting as poorly at home. Yeah. Well, well and one of the things that, they, that could potentially be here on the table um, is Jimmy Butler could have, could end up playing every single minute in the game. It's something that Jalen Brunson did. It's something that Quentin Grimes did in game number five. And I'm just curious. Uh, you, I mean, obviously, you've been in the finals. You've been in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what your approach is, what the team's approaches are to play guys the full 48. Because I feel as if when you have a player of the, when you have a player of that magnitude that can go 40, full 48. All the little advantages that you got when he went to the bench, or all the advantages that you got when he wasn't out there on the court, they just evaporate. Like, you know, like, remember when Joel Embiid played against you when you were on the Raptors? Those mm-hmm. minutes Joel Embiid went to the bench is why you guys won the series. That helped. That helped us. <laughs> you guys pretty much, I think you lost the minutes. You lost the minutes that Joel Embiid was on the court. It was the, it was the, the tremendous advantages that you guys got in the minutes that he was off is why you like won the series. If you go like by plus minus, I can mm-hmm. go into a whole, I can go to a whole analytical thing, but I'll let, I'll let you speak on it. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think Miami needs to play Jimmy 48 minutes. I think they have enough so they can at least give him a rest minute of five minutes for the game. Like you can get at least, you know, two minutes a quarter, you know, that type of situation or a minute a quarter, at least. Um, I think New York is back against the wall. You know, they're fighting elimination, you know, not saying that every game is not important, and that it's not a desperation game every time you step on that floor. Heat was up 3-1. That's why they played those guys 48. Mind you, you know, Evan Fournier is sick. They don't have many other shooters outside of Quentin Grimes, so they want to keep him on the floor. Uh, Jalen Brunson, I still think you could sit, you know, Quentin Grimes. I mean, he's young enough. Jalen Brunson played the full 40. I think without having quickly, it's hard to take him off the floor and have another backup point guard that's going to give you something. So I understand that one. Uh, Jimmy said, I don't think Miami needs to do that. I think they have enough. I think they'll play better. Um, he can rest a little bit. They have a lot of guys that can do different things when you have that. I mean, he doesn't have to rest a lot. Let me tell you, I'm not saying he needs to, you know, sit a bunch of minutes. He can rest a little bit, though, and still then be effective because they've balled out all playoffs. They're, they're others, you know, from Gabe Vincent to Max Strews, Kyle Lowry, Kevin Love, um, Hyatt Smith coming off the bench for them, you know, give them some, some decent minutes. So they've got enough guys of a group with Bam who can bring in the ball up for you and run your offense and uh, kind of facilitate the same way Jimmy does, you can find buffer minutes for him to be able to get, you know, a break or two here and there, at least a half, at least, you know, four minutes, a half or so. Yeah, I can only imagine what that team would look like if they had Tyler Hero in moments of desperation, too. They, uh, 
they are proving to be a lot more formidable uh, than they proved in the regular season. Uh, with that being said, uh, I don't want to talk about the Miami Heat anymore. I'd rather talk about uh, a, a player that I'm players that I'm more fond of at the moment: Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic. A potential NBA Finals on the way between the two reigning MVPs. We discuss that next. All right, we're back with more Inside the Green Room. Danny Green, Harrison Sanford, right here on your podcast app or your YouTube channel or your Instagram channel or your Twitch, uh, TikTok, and all the 520 million social media arms that are available. I can go into a whole spiel about We everywhere, you never there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we all over the place. I can't. Social media, this, this, I, I, I feel like. I feel like everybody should just be limited to two social media accounts. I'll say three. You got to pick. You got to pick two, and that's all you could do. It's like a hundred. It's like a one. I'll say at least three. At least three. Maybe four. And you could only be in three group chats. More than three group chats is not is a problem. Uh, yeah, yeah. Three serious group chats. I'll say three. Three debating sports group chats. Other ones. Could be family or whatever. Yeah, but. of course. You can have a family one, but the family one can't be too active. There you go. Yeah, no, family's never active. Nobody cares to talk to the family that much. I got a family group chat with like 50 people on it, and every day it's like 50 messages. That's it's like, yo, you have extended family. You have to have just your immediate family. I can't leave the group chat. You can mute it and listen. I'm not doing this no more. You can leave. Like, I'm going to start different groups with different people. Like, all right, here's 10 for you, it's 10 for these people. I can interact with y'all when I feel like interacting with y'all. No, I, I can't. I, I, maybe I'll, I'll, I'll try to. I'll, I'll plan my 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 great escape. We'll see how it goes down. Um, mm -hmm. All right. No offense to any family members who end up listening to this. <laughs> with that being said, maybe I. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's talk about uh, your former teammate Joel Embiid, recently named the MVP. Before we talk about a potential matchup with Nikola Jokic, let's talk about what it felt like to see. Joel get the MVP. I mean, you knew, probably knew he was going to get it, but what emotions went through your mind uh, when you saw your former teammate uh, raise the trophy? It, it's about damn time. I mean, you know, he deserved it. I thought he deserved it last year. Um, you know, he had a hell of a year last year and this year. Uh, it was tough. The NBA was put in a, a weird position. I don't like the fact that it seemed like for him, it seems like they gave it to him, not only because Jokic got it twice, but that's part of the reason they didn't give it to him. And I don't like that because I feel like he earned it, especially last year. He should be able to like walk away and say, you know what, I earned this. They're not giving this to me because, you know, they don't want to have Jokic have it three times in a row. Um, but when I first saw it, I, mean, I was excited for him. I was happy for him. It was a, a big accomplishment. You could tell that he doesn't really talk much. He doesn't show emotions much. And this is the first time you really see him show emotion um, in his interviews, you know, where he's come from, his background, and how long he's been waiting for this. And you can, he may be trolling, but he shows when he first drafted, put himself as MVP, you know, different things like that of what this meant to him. Um, and you see his son come out there. You know, his wife bringing his fiance, bringing his son out there. And then you see the crying face. And then I'm, for some reason, it just took me back to his ugly-ass crying face. It took me back to the Toronto days. Of what he, I'm like, yo, I understand he's crying. Those emotions are beautiful. But, like, that ugly-ass crying face that he got, man, is like, we got to get you a, a better cry, bro. That, that 
Oh, but it was beautiful. You know what I'm saying? It made it made you feel you know warm and wholesome at heart just watching as a fan. Uh, but yeah, he he had that little crying face. Was his that lip was that lip goes down, and I'm like, man, we, oh, you can't you can't be crying like that. But it was dope. It was dope. I was happy for him. Um, you know, it's amazing. I said it's well deserved. It was it was earned, and he deserved it. But you know, that that crying face took me to a different different place where I was like, oh man, here goes the face. <laughs> Here goes the face, man. But that's my dog. That's my dog, and I'm happy for him. Where did it take you, Harrison? <laughs> uh, I can't hold. I can't, I can't hold what I saw. I'm not that trying face. to make fun of him. Like, oh, during the Toronto series, we kicked his. I'm not saying like, oh, we kicked his ass during Toronto. I'm just thinking of like, I you don't see Joel show emotion, but the last time I saw him crying, that nasty face, which was a bad time. And I think it took a while for them to get used to me being a sixer when I first got there because they saw me as an enemy so much as a, and the last time you probably remember seeing me is when the, the you know, the crying happened and he's like, I hate these guys. They took a championship away from me. Like we would have beat them. They didn't win the championship. Um, so I know that took a, like I said, it took a little bit warming up to, but I think over the two years, we got to know each other a lot better. We're closer now. Uh, we were good friends and uh, I'm happy for him. And you know, I just, just the crying face kind of, kind of took me out a little bit. I couldn't help but to like, giggle like laugh at him like what the hell joe what the face the microphone (laughs) 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 i'm like big guy he's just too big he's too big you know what i'm saying he's looking like a little kid i'm like yeah you look like a little ass kid crying but it's dope though it just shows you how much he loves the game how passionate he is you know i loved it man i loved every bit of it and i said i'm happy for him and i want to see him do well in the series i want to see them do well it's about time because boston's had their number for some years and so is Miami it's time for them to you know jump get over that hump and I think he's gonna have MVP performance and hopefully you know get this get this done for them so they can get that Eastern Conference final for the first time in a very long time uh I <laughs> that was funny um <laughs> we got we don't got enough time so I gotta move on all right so but I tell you this right now. It's interesting. We have when the playoffs to, first, give me the series. What do you think of the series? Like, what do you have going on? In the well, when I, when I, when the, well, I'm just saying, when the playoffs first started, I wanted to see Bucks versus the Warriors. Warriors. That one. I, but you, I, in the Eastern Conference Finals, you thought Boston-Milwaukee, for sure. You thought Boston was going to be there, that revenge rematch type situation. Yeah, I thought it would be end up being Boston-Milwaukee and, you know, the Warriors and some team. Nuggets, Suns, whoever. And... That's what I wanted to see, but as the as the brackets are kind of breaking the, out the way they're breaking out, mm-hmm. I'm saying to myself, Danny, dang, I kind of want to see Jokic and Embiid. Jokic and Embiid has been pretty much the primary storyline in the NBA for the past two years, past three probably, years. Yeah, probably that's past three years, honestly. Ever since Jokic won MVP, it's always been the battle of the big men. You know, it was Jokic won MVP, and it was like, all right, who can they compare to? Who is he fighting out? And it's like the other big men. It's Joel. But Joel had injuries that other year, that one year. But it was the past three years. Because since I was in Philly my first two years, it was like, all right, Joel was out for a month, I think, with the knee injury. And that kind of took him out of the race. But they've been at it, man. And I think, yeah, I think it's due for that type of matchup in the finals. And a lot of people talk about this Boston-LA matchup in the finals uh, for 18. But I think this one is a, is a better is a better fan for me as a fan i would rather see some something somebody new win it um you know other than somebody asked me today who i who am i rooting for i'm not really rooting for anybody i just want to see good basketball yes but if i had the chance to, if i want to see somebody win a ring it's somebody new and i'm obviously rooting for my guys that are my brothers and that's you know tobias harris george niang 
Tyrese Maxey, um, those guys that I had in Philly, and of course, Joel and James and all those guys down the line that I know over there, uh, Dwayne Dedman. Um, obviously, I played with the Lakers, and I grew for them too You know, in the series, but they already won one. I want to see somebody new. I'm tired of seeing the same teams win the finals. You know what I'm saying? Yep. No, I totally get it. I think, oh, I, I think a Sixers-Nuggets series would be great because I don't think, if you look across the NBA, I don't think you get two players as great at that at their at the same at the same position. We've been fighting over MVP for the last year. If the Warriors played the Celtics, it would be Steph Curry versus Jason Tatum. It's just different positions, different caliber of different caliber player in terms of legacies. But, but to have MB, to have two players that have been fighting over MVP the last three years, the only time that I can remember that vividly stands out in my mind is like when Charles might have won it over Mike or when Carl Malone won it over Michael Jordan, they met up in the finals. That, that was the only time. But there's different positions. So it's hard to find the same position that is fighting over top spot, top dog of the league. So uh, that would probably be the best matchup, man, honestly. Yeah, no, I think that that's the number, that's the one series that I am subscribing to. I would love to see it. Will it happen? Uh, well, I guess we'll see. Uh, it's definitely very much on the table the way both of the teams are playing uh, right now. All right, we got to go to one more break. When we come back, Danny uh, gives us one more prediction and then catches us up on his uh, trips outside of the country. Be right back on Inside the Green Room. Back with Inside the Green News. Thank you guys for subscribing, rating, reviewing, giving us five stars, and rocking with us uh, over our, what, Danny feels like six years of podcasting. Um, There's a lot of people having podcasts nowadays. Like a full five, right? It's been a full five. We started 2018. I want to say something. Yeah, 20, yeah 2018. It's 2023 now. So, a full yeah. five years. It seems like longer, but yeah, full five years, bro. Been, been after it. Might have to take it overseas. Uh, I hope you introduced uh, some people to the podcast when you were in Sweden this past week, uh, watching did. your younger brother get get do his thing on the court. Uh, we only have two minutes left. How did you enjoy your time abroad? It was great, man. I said the fans over there were lovely. They all kind of know about this. some of them know about the podcast. They do research. They're big fans. You know, uh, they showed a lot of love. Got to see a little, a little G Gervin over there, so it was dope. You know, to see some familiar faces. Um, in another country, uh, but I had a great time. Man. It was a little small city called North Shipping, uh, where my brother played. He had great uh, first halves. His games were good. They won. They had a good atmosphere. They had a little, let's say, jumbotron, but they had screens. The fans were into it. They had a little fireworks going off every basket. They had little sparklers and stuff. It was a fireworks. dope atmosphere. It's like, you know, behind the basket, little sparklers going up. You know what I'm saying? I fireworks. That's it's like wild. Every basket, it's like they cheer and the sparklers shoot up. I'm like, okay, it's a dope. They got and um, he came out hot. He came out balling. Um, second half kind of tangled up, but they won two games. They went up 3-1, and they got it done in six. So they went to their place. They lost. It went to 3-2, and then they won 4-2 back home. So and he won MVP. So congratulations, little bro, man. You killed it. You did a hell of a job. Amazing. I'm proud of you. I can't wait to see what's next for you, but you, you earned this one. Enjoy it. And I uh, said, I'm happy. We're all happy and proud of you. So it was dope. It was a dope experience. And hopefully get a chance to check it out again and go back one day and check out Stockholm a little more. Yeah, I definitely hate. I, I'm I'm very much happy that you went. You never know if you have that opportunity again. 
Uh, not mm-hmm. advancing in the in the playoffs is not all that bad, uh, considering the circumstances this year and what you were able to do. Um, okay, all right. I guess that's pretty much it. Unless you have any last words. Yeah, I just want to send my love to the Gilbert family and the Cleveland Cavaliers organization. Um, of course, I've you know I've known Dan Gilbert and his son since I was a rookie there, and they always showed me love and embraced me. So I want to send some of that love and my condolences back to you know Dan and his family. Uh, Nick just passed recently this past week. Uh, so, you know, we're uh, keeping them in our prayers and sending our condolences and as much love and positivity as we possibly can. So, um, Dan Gilbert, thank you for everything you've done for me so this far. Um, you know, Cleveland Cavaliers, our team, the organization loves you and, and your family. We're definitely going to miss Nick. Um, so we'll continue to keep the bow tie thing going and try to keep his name to live on as long as we can. But, uh, yeah, we're sending our condolences and uh, we, we love you, man. All right. Well, uh, well, well said, Danny. We'll see you guys next week.